Father, we are so grateful for how much you love us and how you want to take care of us and so that we can serve you out of a grateful heart. And so, Lord, may you teach us this morning. May you be our teacher that we may go out and help others who are hurting, who are suffering, who are in pain, that they may see you through us is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we're looking at medical missionary work here, and um, we'll be sharing part of my testimony in the beginning, but also using medicinal herbs, and um, just going to the Bible and the Spirit of Prophecy and all of this, and on the medical missionary work. Now, when I was asked to do a health seminar for today, I responded by saying, sure, I can do a health seminar because um, my emphasis is actually on mental health or emotional healing in my messages and relationships. And they said, no, we want you to do one on physical health. <laughs> and, they, and I said, physical health? And I said, okay, you know, I mean, I haven't done a seminar yet, but I guess they heard of um, how God had healed me. And so... I felt like I need to um, do this one on medicinal herbs. Um, first of all, I'm a minister. I'm not a physician. So my disclaimer is that you seek professional help of a trained physician, right? <laughs> With that said, um, let me give you a little history of my background on physical healing and medicinal herbs. I come from a family of medical professionals. Four of my sisters are nurses. One became a nurse practitioner. One is a professor of nursing at the University of Hawaii at Hilo. And my, my brother is a medical doctor. And he went on, he's, he's taught at, uh, in medical school, at Harvard Medical School for over 20 years. And um, so just a lot of background in my family in the medical profession. And so I bounced things off then back and forth. Um, my background is that I graduated from Weimar College 19 years ago. And my wife graduated from Meat Ministry. I don't know if you know those places. These are medical missionary training schools. And so all these years, and I've been in, um, using and practicing, I guess, medicinal herbs for like 15 years of my life. Um, but it wasn't until I actually got really, really, really sick that now I had to make sure that what I'm teaching or what I'm using actually works. And that's when I think my understanding and my practice of um, using natural remedies and actually um, of healing and medicinal herbs actually just exploded because like, it had to work on me now. I mean, I can, you know, you can search the internet all you want, right? And so um, the, the danger, right, is the internet is that there's so much information out there, right? And so when you're sick and you're dying and you're, you're like a needle in a great haystack, you're trying to find this thing and testing that and somebody telling you this and that and three people are doing that. I was getting so frustrated and so... Um, I guess I was getting upset, and I'll tell you why later, okay? It was a righteous indignation, okay? <laughs> Be angry and sin not, the Bible says. So I was just getting frustrated because of what I saw out there. And even though I was well-connected in the medical missionary system, a lot of friends in pretty much every institution out there, um, I was just frustrated with the whole system, um, besides modern medicine. So about... Two years ago, I would gotten really, really, really sick. I've been pastoring for 15 years, and I got really, really sick. It was out of blue. I was supposed to go to another island and pastor at this another island I was at. And then I just got really sick. One symptom after another, I went to, I had vert, sort of vertigo, things, not this dizziness, but everything spinning like this. And I got, um, uh, it just got worse. And 
all kind of problems. My, my nerves were just attacking me. And um, my doctor didn't do any testing. He's considered ranked as the best doctor on the east side of our island. And he didn't do any testing. And he said, oh, yeah, this is what you have. Misdiagnosed me. Couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I mean, that's the worst because I was going for like two, three months and they didn't know what's wrong with me. I mean, where do you start when you don't even know what's wrong with you, right? It was a testing time. I'm not bitter at God or anybody. I'm actually, I'm grateful this thing actually happened to me. And for many reasons. I mean, this, I can just go off. This is the best thing that ever happened to me. To be on medical disability for a year and a half and not pastoring and everything, it was just the best thing that happened to me because God is so good. Amen? <laughs> He's just so good. And so I'm just grateful to him. I mean, number one, time out. God gave me a time out for my spiritual health because he felt that I need time and a way to um, just check where I'm at spiritually and see where I was at and then grow from that, that this whole experience. So that was number one. Um, there's many other experiences. I think to learn this more in a deeper way of my experience and then I can now go out and help people who are actually hurting and suffering, not only in an emotional way of um, mental health of emotional healing but also connecting the physical health because the, the body and the mind is connected. What do you say? Amen? So that is what I learned. And um, not only that, but there's a spiritual aspect that because I, I had gotten really sick and I went on medical leave and the, the financial support is less. You know those on medical disability you get significantly less than what you had as on medical insurance, medical disability insurance. So we had to end up selling our property. I talked about it last night. We lived off the grid for um, 10 years off the grid. And uh, yeah, no electricity, no water. I mean, there's nothing of this totally. I built my own solar system. I know how the system works now, backup batteries. And this, it was this amazing experience. But God um, had us to sell that place. The, the amazing thing is that he had us move into Hilo, where I had to move in my mom um, because where we were at, and she lives all by herself. I mean, it's a pretty big house, four bedroom. We had our own separate side of the house. And, um, and my family lives in Hilo. So here I am praying for like the last 20 years for my family. And God has worked more in the last year of my life when I moved back to Hilo among me and among my family than he has in the last 20 years of being a pastor. Isn't that crazy? And like, so like sometimes we think, like, I think when I quote Ellen White says that often our plans fail so that God's plans may succeed. Yeah? Amen? So we make our plans and everything, but God checks us and he actually says, okay, no, this is what I want. And he often does, sometimes if we're not listening, then you know, there's some pretty heavy checks he has to do upon us, right? So here I am in my family and, okay, let me tell you about my sister. So my sister was there in, in Hila and I'm trying to get her to evangelistic meetings out in Honaka. So I would drive an hour every day, night to pick her up. I'm an hour back to um, the meetings, and, and then when it was done, I would drive an hour back to where I dropped her off, an hour back to um, where I lived up in Honaka. So just in driving alone and running evangelistic meeting, you know, four hours a night, just in driving my sister, because I wanted them to be saved, right? Um, but it never took off. And so it wasn't until I got sick that my sister has grown more in the last year, you know, than the last... 15 years of pastoring. Isn't that amazing? God is good. Yeah, amen? amen? So God, whatever you've been going through, you know, God has a purpose. I'm just saying that because maybe some of you are suffering through illness or those who are listening to this and you're hurting and you don't know what's going on, but know that in the end that God, if you trust your heart and your life into God's hands, that everything, you may not see it, but everything, all things 
work together for good, whether you see it or not. What do you say, huh? Amen? And that's what God wants us to realize in everything that we go through. So I want to give that message of hope before we go into this because I think that's very important. So I went to this whole thing. They finally have switched doctors to a childhood friend who's considered one of the best physicians in Hilo. And he found out the cause, my endocrine system. And when he discovered it, um, he wanted to get me on steroids, right? And, um, you know, now you have to test whether what you believe in what you're going to do is, I mean, that's, that's really the, the faith comes into play, right? And, um, you know, I know how to deal with, you know, I can lower blood pressure, that's pretty easy, you know, um, heart disease, that's pretty easy, you know, diabetes, that's easy, so, but I'm dealing with things I never really heard about or dealt with, and so now I really was tested with my faith, and um, really challenged in a lot of errors, and at first when I didn't know what it was, I did take some meds in the beginning, and, you know, that actually messed me up even more. And we're going to go into that even a little bit more. But after a while, I didn't. I didn't go that direction. I went to the route. I'm not going to take the steroids. I'm going to go on God's way. And so I didn't. I chose God's way. And when I chose God's way, um, my doctor finally, and when the labs finally came back later on, he, uh, he was so excited. My physician, he doesn't go to church, okay? <laughs> He's so excited for me. He said, like, he looked at my labs and he goes, wow. Because I said, I'm going to do the natural route. So I went the natural route and natural remedies and medicinal herbs. And he goes, wow, and amazing. Like seven, eight times he did that inside our, in our session. He was so amazing. He was more happy than me <laughs> in the results. He was so excited and doing my checkup. And then so I, so I asked him, I said, so medicinal herbs work? And he said to me, you're living proof they work. And I was so grateful. I said, thank you, doctor, for healing me. And he said to me, I didn't heal you. God healed you. I mean, I was like, wow. I mean, he's spiritual, but he doesn't go to, the, go to church. And what a testimony. I mean, who would have thought? You know, I hated being sick. It was a miserable experience. I don't know if you've been to that, but I've been on the ground and pleading with God and my knees and my face in the dirt and my hands grabbing on the dirt and it's like, please God, why? Why, am I, why don't you heal me? I mean, I mean, one day is turned into a week and a week is turned to two weeks and two weeks is turned to a month and a month is turned to two months and now two months is at three and now it's six and now it's a year and now it's a year and a half, right? I mean, I can handle a month, two months, but when you start going six months and a year and a year and a half, I mean, you start thinking, this is how it's going to be? This is how it's going to end? I mean, this is how, what's it all, all about? Is everything over? My ministry is over? My family? And so I started thinking like that. And I had to reconcile, well, if I'm going to die, then I have to reconcile with dying. And I had to reconcile, okay, am I going to die? I'm going to die. So I had to uh, face that and face death. And I think that's a, I think God really brought me through that whole journey. And maybe have a richer, deeper experience going through that whole experience. I'm sure some of you, maybe many of you have gone through that already. But um, it's really a hard experience, but I know God wants to learn to learn through all of that. So God, through the use of medicinal herbs, healed me. So I'm not going to be teaching you what I've learned in a book or on the internet. I'm going to be sharing what actually worked for me and my family and my friends. And I just picked a few things. We're going to go through it thoroughly, a few topics, subjects here, to make sure that you totally understand and we actually can learn from me. And we're going to ask, have your time for questions also. So um, let's turn to Revelation chapter 22, verse 2. Revelation 22, verse 2. What was given for the healing of the nations? Okay. Revelation 22, 
Notice the Bible says. Revelation 22, verse 2. The Bible says, the tree of life, in the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the what? Healing of the nations. In other words, the leaves where we get medicinal herbs, right, is used for healing. And there's, there's power in, the, in natural remedies that God wants us to learn about. And look at the handout here. So, look at the handout here. Notice what it says here from, this is from Inspiration, Ellen White, The Spirit of Prophecy, letter 35. Notice what she says. She says, God has caused to grow out of the ground herbs for the use of man. And if you understand the nature of these roots and herbs and make a right use of them, there will not be a necessity of running for the doctor so frequently. And people will be much better health than they are today. What do you say? Amen? Amen. So Spirit Prophecy talks about using medicinal herbs. We're not just making this up. I mean, the, the Bible talks about it. Spirit of Prophecy talks about it. And um, if rightly used, that's the thing. You need to rightly use them. Now look at the next quotation. It says, The Lord has given some simple herbs of the field that at times are beneficial. And if every family were educated in how to use these herbs... So every family were supposed to be educated. Everyone's supposed to know how to use these. Um, and if every family were educated in how to use these herbs in case of sickness, much suffering might be prevented and no doctor need be called. What do you say, huh? Amen? Amen. Then it says here, these old-fashioned simple herbs used intelligently, that's the key word, used intelligently, because a lot of times they're not used intelligently, would have recovered many sick who had died under what? Drug medication. Man's pretty heavy statements, right? Turn to Second Kings twenty verse seven. So she's linking death with the use of drug medications. Okay, let's look at the story of Hezekiah in Second Kings twenty verse seven. Second Kings chapter twenty verse seven. What did God tell Hezekiah to do? order for him to be healed. 2 Kings 20, verse 7. So now you see the Spirit of Prophecy, you know, in, in the Bible and the Spirit of Prophecy endorsing like the use of herbs, but knowing that, but saying, hey, there's a danger here of depending upon modern medicine and actually drug medications, right? So 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 7, notice what it says here, then Isaiah said, right, to Hezekiah, and this is how he was to be healed, take a lump of what? Fig. So they took it and laid it on the what? Boy, remember he was supposed to die? And he what? Recovered. So the question is this. He was supposed to die. He lived another 15 years, right? So the question is this. Why couldn't have the prophet had just come here and just touched him and just healed him, right? So why the use of medicinal herbs, Right? Couldn't he just directly, okay, touch him and you heal? In other words, there is a purpose for using this. God could have just healed him directly, but there's something about that. So look at the handout here, what it says here inside the, um, from letter 182, 1899, from Ellen White. She says this, When the Lord told Hezekiah that he would spare his life for 15 years and as a sign that he would fulfill his promise, cause the sun to go back 10 degrees, why did he not put his direct restoring power upon the king? So the spirit prophecy asked the same question that I just asked, right? Why didn't he just touch the person you healed? She asked the same question, because it's a good question, I think. 
And that's where I got it from too, right? <laughs> he told him to apply a bunch of figs to his sore, and that natural remedy, blessed by God, healed him. What do you say? Amen? Amen? God healing? No. What was the process? Natural remedy, what? Blessed by God, healed him together. Do you see that? The God of nature directs the human agent to use what? Natural remedies what? Now. Now. So God wants us to use his natural remedies today so that we can heal. Now, people say, you know, well, you know, that's because you lack faith. What you need to do is that you just got to pray more and believe. And if you really believe and pray, then God's going to heal you, right? And that's the, really don't have, the reason why you're using this medicinal herbs because you don't have faith, Right? You just got to have more faith and believe and to pray. And if you believe and pray more, then actually God's going to bless you, right? And he's going to heal you. Um, notice what it says here in the next session. This is like Hezekiah, right? Right here, Ellen White Manuscript Release 31, 19, 11. The use of certain herbs that the Lord has made to grow for the good of man is in harmony with the what? Exercise of what? Faith. So that is the exercise of faith. That is the exercise. Exercising faith is when you actually use natural remedies. It is not a denial of faith, but it's actually the opposite of the exercise of faith. And that's where it was for me. It's almost like it was the easy route was to go the traditional modern medicine route and go, okay, yeah, I'm just going to go that route and um, see what happens because that's all I knew. I didn't know another way. And to actually go and follow God's way is actually a test of faith. To give your life and leave your life in the hands of God, I mean, that's really scary. Because it's kind of like, well, do you really trust God or not, right? That's the question. And so it's really scary for me. And first of all, I need to caution that it is very dangerous to experiment with your very own life. Right? I'm saying this because I see a lot of people do that. With natural remedies. I mean, not, not only modern medicine, but even natural remedies. And so I believe that we should also seek for acute care, you know, a car accident, the emergency surgery. Hey, yeah, I mean, we need that. That's important. I'm talking about specifically chronic care and also healing from our diseases, right? Now, in treating diseases, I also believe that it's very, 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 very important to have the correct diagnosis. What do you say? Amen? I mean, you can do all you want on treatments, but if you don't have the right diagnosis, then what's happening is that you're missing it. You follow me, right? So you, have a, you think you have a certain disease and you don't have the correct diagnosis and you're trying some natural remedies upon this thing. It's kind of like the spiritual realm. And I hear this all the time when I'm dealing with people who are healing emotionally. I make the parallel and I said, it's almost like there's like a one answer for everyone. Someone's suffering with a broken home and the parents were divorced and they're hurting emotionally and there's a low self-worth because they've been put down. And it's like, almost like the, the one all-natural remedy spiritually is read your Bible and pray. Well, I'm praying for you. You know what you need to do? You need to read your Bible and pray more and then you're going to be healed, right? But I've learned emotional healing that that's not how it works. I need to listen to this person, and every person is different. And I need to discover, okay, what is your specific emotional pain that you're going through, the illness, and discover specifically what they're going through emotionally, the negative emotions. Then I specifically bring 
uh, spiritual natural remedy cure, which is the, always the cross in a different angle, to cure that, help that person experience healing. And when they experience healing emotionally, right, then they're healed. I don't use a blanket, you know, that's the easy way out because we don't know how to treat it. We just give a natural way. And the same way, every illness and sickness is different. What do you say? Amen? So to treat the natural eight laws of health in every single circumstance is not the right way to do it. I've seen several people, close friends, colleagues, ministers, conference, my colleagues, my, my administrators in my conference who had died trying natural remedies. And that's why I'm saying to experiment with your life, right? That's what I'm saying right now. I want you to take this seriously on things that you're not sure of and you're going to listen, go on the internet. You're going to go on the internet and try and figure it out on your own. I mean, that's what I'm trying to share with you. And you're going to hit and miss, hit and miss, and hit and miss until you go to your last breath. Is that what's going to happen? And possibly, I just met someone yesterday I was talking with them and they were saying that they were using natural remedies and they listened to someone because it sounded good and they said, my wife almost died. Was this recently, two weeks ago? I've had uh, my conference treasurer. He, was, um, he went to six lifestyle programs. He still died. That was just like five years ago. My executive secretary, you know, a lot of ministers are dying left and right. And I don't know in Hawaii, but everywhere too. They say that one group of subgroup, forget the blue zone of Adventism, there's a subgroup in Adventism that dies way younger than everyone else. Guess what that is? Ministers. I don't doubt it. I have colleagues, 52 died. He was a strict vegan. Um, another colleague, uh, 50, 54, heart attack. Um, two years ago, my conference executive secretary, right after, under the president. He died from sepsis uh, on a trip going to a share him mission trip, overseeing several evangelistic meetings. So, I mean, you're seeing a lot of people, administrators and pastors and and these people, I know people who actually tried medical missionary work and well-renowned medical missionaries who have died um, sticking to um, medical missionary. I'm not going to mention any names, but I know, I, mean, I know some of you know there are out there. And I have close people who have known that, um, who have shared that with me, even while they were teaching. Um, so to experiment with your life is very dangerous. And to listen to people... Don't worry, there's going to be a solution. I'm going to direct you in a different direction so you know exactly where to go. But I want to share with you the danger of doing that. So understanding that is number one, correct diagnosis. Second is that, and you may disagree, I'm, I totally with you disagree, but I'm totally open for you with disagreement. I have no problem with that. But I just need to share what I, I believe. I really believe that we have um, lost our health message, original health message that God has given to us in our church. And I'm talking about, yes, the medical mission, the modern medicine of what our you know, churches have gone that direction. I'm talking about lifestyle centers in contrast to what our pioneers believe. That's what I'm saying. And I'm going to show you some things, okay? So, at the same time, I want you to know, and this was my frustration, was I felt that there wasn't no one that could help me. And so here's my other frustration, was that knowing that drug medication can be very dangerous for me. So I'm going to read you the next quotation in your handout. Notice what it says. So I'm, so I'm showing my predicament. I'm stuck. And I feel we can deal with the easy stuff of health, but I feel like we can't deal with the, the tougher things, not like our pioneers could do. And so I was stuck on this direction, like I couldn't be helped on this side, which I always believe for 20 years, right? Are you following me? On this side, we're like, 
it's safe because they say, okay, it works, right? This drug medication. But I want you to read this quotation. It says here, and this is from Review and Herald, September 5th, 1899. It says this, the liver, three organs, the liver, the heart, and what? Brain are frequently affected by what? Drugs. And often all these organs are burdened with what? Disease. And the unfortunate subjects, if they live, you know, if they live, are invalid for life, wearily dragging out a miserable experience. Oh, how much that poisonous drug costs. If it did not cost a life, it costs quite too much. Nature has been crippled in all her efforts. The whole machinery is out of order. And in the future period in life, when these fine works which have been injured are to be relied upon to act a more important part in union with all the fine works of nature's machinery, they cannot readily and strongly perform their labor, and the whole system feels the lack. These organs, which should be in healthy condition, are enfeebled from the drugs, right? And the blood becomes impure. Nature keeps struggling, and the patient suffers from different ailments until there is a sudden breakdown and death follows. And then this quotation, more die from the use of drugs than would die from disease where nature left to do her own work. That's a pretty heavy statement, huh? You know, the, the statistics right now is prescription drug medications taken Prescription drug medications, not accidents. You know, there's a lot of accidents that happen, right, in the United States, in the hospitals. can't remember the statistics. There are, there are two conflicting statistics going on. But this, that's accidents. A lot of people die. But we're talking prescription drug medications taken as prescribed. In other words, you took it exactly what was given to you as prescribed, according to the government, is 100,000 people in the United States a year die from it as a directive from side effects. I think that statistic actually based on memory is from inside hospitals. That does not include outside hospitals. Okay, that was inside. I think it was another statistic. Wasn't it 440,000 was another one? It's about 180 if we oh. go for all. Okay. But I think 140 was probably, but this is just the person you had the side effects. Okay, but I'm just going to stick with like the government statistics just to kind of be safe side. But even with that, 100,000, you think about that, a year, you know, my town is like 30,000 people in our town, the whole east side of our island, the whole island, we're not we're the second largest, it's 100,000, and like your whole year, you wipe it out my whole island of people, and that would never get the news, right? It's like twice the amount of people die from that than even car accidents, and you all oh, car accident on a freeway, person, two people of fatality, right? This news, 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 and yet you never hear this. And yet, 100,000, that's who just keep it as prescribed. Not about the medical accidents we're talking about. I can't remember the statistics. I did research it right before I came, but I forgot to put it down. But that's the, another portion. So you've seen a lot of people who are dying from drug medication, exactly what we were told from the Spirit of Prophecy. So you think, well, Hezekiah used that. You know, what about Jesus, <laughs> right? Okay, turn me to John chapter 9. John chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. Let's see what the Bible has to say with Jesus and his life. John chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. The Bible says, When he had said these things, this is Jesus, right? He spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. 
And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back what? Seeing he was what? Healed. So my question again with Hezekiah, the same thing is like, why didn't Jesus just go to the man and says, did he done it before, didn't he, right? Says you're what? You're healed in the word what? See. Why would he actually take some clay on the ground, spit it, moisten it, right? And then apply the natural remedy upon the eyes, right? And then not only that, why didn't he just heal right then? And then go and do some hydrotherapy, right? Inside of the pool, right? And then do the hydrotherapy. And then he could see. Why didn't he just heal him? I mean, what a waste of time and process and everything. He got to do all those things. It's so cumbersome, right? Why did he just touch him and heal him is my question, right? Because he wanted you to exercise your faith and to believe in the things that he had created and the natural remedies, right? That's out there. God created all this nature and creation, and he wants us to go out and by faith exercise um, the faith he has given you so that you could be healed. And I want that. How about you? What do you say? Amen? Amen. Amen. So, um, now there are two things that medicinal herbs can be different from drug medication. Number one, true medicinal herbs, true, have zero side effects, what drug medications have Many side effects. You guys seen the TV commercials, right? You're watching and it says, okay, you know, if you can have more happier life and everything. And then it goes on for the next 20 seconds talking about, oh, it can cause dizziness and vomiting and side effects, right? <laughs> and and um, coma and even death. But they say it so fast you don't even hear it anymore, right? And like, what? I mean, you think of all these side effects and like all the bad things that actually can happen to you and, like, and even death and you think about, wow, these amazing things that can... Um, that can harm me, or these drug medications, and even the mistakes that can actually happen. Look at the next um, quotation from your handout. It says here, from Manuscript Releases, Volume 7, page 58, The Lord desires us to be sensible and to reason from what? Cause to what? Effect. So number two, the true medicinal herbs can heal the root causes. I don't, I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. It can heal the root causes, not only the symptoms. Okay? So I'll give you an example. We're going to talk about this later. So say if you have a migraine headache. How many have migraine headaches or ever had? How many have a migraine headache today, right now? Can you raise your hand. I, we can set some tea and we're going to get some medicinal herb and try it out. Who wants to try it out? Okay, my wife will get it going. Oh, several of you. Okay, go ahead. You can get it going. We get some. We have a little pot that goes starts it up. So we will do it right now for you. Okay. So migraine headache. Okay. So what you can do is, what you're gonna do is say that you take an aspirin, or Tylenol, and you take it. Is that healing you? Do you think? What is that aspirin or that Tylenol doing with your headache? Tell me. It's numbing your what? The pain, right? You, the pain receptors don't feel the pain, but it hasn't solved the cause, right? It's just kind of numbing the symptoms, so you don't feel the symptom. But the symptom is telling you that something else in your body needs to be corrected, or so you're doing something else wrong, and you need to deal with the root cause. Does that make sense? So say if you drink a lot of caffeine, which is one of the reasons for migraines, okay? So say you drink a lot of caffeine, and you're getting these migraines, and say you take that Tylenol, and it goes away, Right? So not only are you just numbing the pain receptors, but the symptoms are telling you, hey, wait a minute, you're drinking the caffeine, you need to stop that, that's the root cause, stop it, right? Does that make sense? And you deal with both, and when you stop the root cause, guess what's going to happen to your migraine, right? 
it should go away. Well, that's only one of the root causes. So, but here's a danger of medicinal herbs is that you can use medicinal herbs in the same way as drug medications. Are you following me? In other words, you can use medicinal herbs and take like this tea that we're going to take you to just um, get the circulation going, right? To clear out the poisons, take out the toxins away, um, calm the nerves, right? So that your migraine, the tension headache, the nerves, tension headache goes away, right? Temporarily, but then you're still doing the root cause thing that's bad for your body that's still causing it. Does that make sense? And yet you're not dealing with the root cause. So with even medicinal herbs, you can still be stuck on the symptom end of everything. If that's clear, let me hear you say amen. Amen? amen. So God doesn't want us to keep on doing this medicinal herbs on the cause. And we do the same thing in spiritually in, in the gospel, in our churches. We deal a lot with the symptoms and the externals, right? We deal with all these outside things. And yet we're not dealing with the root cause, which is actually the heart, right? You can do all the external things, paying your tithe and go to church, right? All this external righteousness by works are, you know, it's not Christ our righteousness, what this whole theme is right about. So that's the root cause is going backwards and determining. So you got to go, okay, these are the symptoms. The symptoms are telling me that something down here, I need to go back and discover, what am I doing down here? The root cause is causing me to have these negative symptoms, right? It's kind of like, you know, the, the nuclear meltdowns with the nuclear places where they produce electricity, right? Fukushima and different places where, say you're working there in the operator and the red light comes on and alarms are shooting off and alarms are going off, right? And you're the operator and going, hmm, that's very irritating. I don't like that. It's very painful to see that. So you get a sledgehammer and you smash that red alarm and it stops going off and the lights stop blinking. You go, ah, oh, there, I feel better, Right? Does that solve the problem? No. What's going to happen? There's going to be a meltdown. So the parallel is the same. The headache is an alarm. It's telling you something's wrong with your body. There's going to be a meltdown, not maybe now, not maybe in six months, maybe not a year, maybe 5, 10, 15, 20. Who knows? But guess what? I'm telling you, these are the warning symptoms. Something's coming up, right? And that's what the warning symptoms are all about. If that's clear, let me hear you say amen. Amen? Okay, so you're with me. So that's the danger of dealing with medicinal herbs. And even natural remedies, whether it's hydrotherapy or whatever it is, that's the danger of dealing with all of those things. So what is the solution? Treat the cause and the effect. Because what if you say, okay, I'm just going to you know, treat the cause. And say it was caffeine. Say, okay, I'm going to treat the cause. And okay, you tell your friend, okay, I'm going to help you out for your migraine. Don't drink any more caffeine, <laughs> right? And your friend's going to say, Okay, great. Thank you for the solution, right? Is that what they're going to say when the pain is throbbing through their head? Is that what they're going to say to you? No, they want you to help with what? The symptom, right? Because it's so painful. Yes, okay, I know. I'm not going to do it ever again. I promise, right? That's what they say. I promise I'm not going to drink caffeine ever again. But please, can you please help me what? Now. So yes, you can do the natural remedies. Well. Yes, you can take the, stop the caffeine. Yes, you can take maybe some teas to cleanse the bloodstream, right? Like echinacea. But then, at the same time, they need help now with actually the migraine they're experiencing now. So you need to treat both causes. You need to treat the cause back then, and you need to actually treat the effect, right? And using help them feel better, and that's how God works. So Spirit Prophecy talks about that working, the temporary relief and the permanent relief. So, turn to Jeremiah 6, verse 16. This is how... 
the principle. So I'll give you the background. Once you understand the cause and effect, you can help better to help people. And not only with physical sickness, but spiritually. As someone is hurting emotionally, you always go back to the root cause and you discover how are they suffering. Listen to them. Discover what is the root cause. Then you can apply the remedy to help them out. But unless you discover the root cause, you can never help anyone out. Not only physically, but you can't help them out spiritually either. You have to go to the root cause. So Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. And I love this text because this is kind of God guiding me not only in my teachings, but even in the medical missionary field. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. Where is rest for our souls found? Jeremiah 6, verse 16. The Bible says, Thus says the Lord, Stand in the ways and see, and ask for the what? Old paths, where the good way is, and walk in it. Then you will find what? Rest for your what? souls where's rest for our souls found in the old paths and that's why i believe that our old paths were marked out by the founders of the seven davenant church that's where i believe the good way is found where we should walk therein now i also believe this is to be true not only in our um doctrines but in our health message and that's why I came to my conclusion. It's like this. In other words, there were all pioneers of our medical missionary field back then. Okay, you had all these guys, Kellogg, and they were, did amazing things. So you had all these guys doing the medical missionary work, and then they passed it down to the next generation, right? And this next generation, you know, they started their schools, and it came from Mount Madison and went on down Wildwood and continued on, right? And then they passed on the information to the next schools that spotted from these schools, right? And then these schools spotted to this one. And how many ever played a game telephone? Okay, you know the game? Maybe you could play it here, yeah? So I could whisper like a whole sentence into your ear, right? Or two sentences, or just one simple sentence, one sentence. And, you know, we could just use this 10 people. And you know that I whisper a certain sentence like, um, Johnny Ralph went to the mountain to get some medicinal herbs of echinacea, right? He could say something like that. And after they whisper that into one person's ear, the next person is going to say the same sentence, right? And you play that game, you go to the next one, and next. And by the time they come out to the end, the 10, guess what happens to that message? Have you ever seen it different? Yeah? Like totally. Have you ever seen it get so crazy out there different? So that's what I believe has happened. It's almost like not only have we gone the road of modern medicine, which was one road, but it's almost like um, we haven't progressed in a sense that like we passed it down, but we've forgotten the words of our pioneers, I believe. Not only in the theology realm, but in the medicine, the natural remedy realm also. And so I believe a lot of ministries have, been, ministries have got it down from one generation to the next generation to ministries to the next generation of ministries. So if this is true, then why not go back like how... The Reformation was, the term of the Latin term was ad fontes, right? Let's go back to the original source, right? That's what happened in the Reformation. That's why they started writing the Bibles in their own languages, yeah, back in the Reformation, because here's the tradition of the church, and now there's a Reformation of uh, the culture was that let's go back to the original source. So let's create Bibles in people's languages, and rather than going indirectly through like the church 
um, interpretation. Let's go directly to the Bible's interpretation. And with that, we actually can go back to the original source and then the re great revival happened or the Reformation, right? So same thing is, rather than listening to all the modern day people talking about this is what we believe and that believe and the internet saying this and your friends saying this and that and everything, why not bypass everyone and go back to where everyone else got it from? What do you say, amen? amen. Let's just go back to the original source and let's walk back and go back to the original writings. And read the original writings, what they say. And you know what? I'm telling you, you're going to be amazed at what they say. It's almost like you're reading a different health message. I'm serious. Completely different. And I'm going to tell you the books to read, okay? So I'm telling you the, the people who I've gone back to, Ellen White, of course, James White, right? It's in your handout, I think, yeah. And then you have um, Kellogg. Battle Creek Sanitarium, right? He's a physician, Battle Creek. That Battle Creek Sanitarium was so renowned in the world. I mean, everyone knew about that. The presidents used to come to that of the United States. That's how well-known our health message was so powerful back then. Far cry from today. And then you had Jethro Kloss. That's the father of people who believe in New Age today. They're going to our avenue sources. Julius White, the grandson of Ellen White. So look at the books I've recommended. Ministry of Healing by Ellen White. Um, there's many other, several other books Ellen White and James White wrote together on health. Then this book is very important, and I recommend it. It's in your handout. It's called The Home Handbook of Domestic Hygiene and Rational Medicine by J.H. Kellogg. Volume 1 and Volume 2, but Volume 2 specifically talks about diagnoses and discovering what is the root cause. It tells all the symptoms in the back of the book, and you look it up, and it tells you what is the causes. And you link all the symptoms, and you discover it all, and you find the one with the most common causes, and that's what is actually your, your diagnosis. That's exactly um, what you have. And so you kind of go backwards by that. In other words, they believe in empowering the lay people to actually this, because in the last days, you can't buy or sell medical services. Do you know that? But not only that, you've seen a lot of medical mistakes going on today especially in the rural areas, <laughs> which, where we're from, you know. I mean, they a, I mean, seriously, I guess it's not funny, but in the, the people joke in a sense that in our, the hospital where we live, as soon as they're in the ER, they're like pleading, can you please um, uh, medevac me to Honolulu, please? <laughs> because they're so afraid. I mean, it's just like everyone's like, they want, if I went there, it's something serious. I would, please medevac me to Honolulu, to the Queens, please, or Kapilani. So that's a good book. The other book is Back to Eden. So Back to Eden is um, by Jethro Kloss. And Jethro Kloss was an ordained Seventh-day Adventist minister and a medical missionary. Did you know that? Now, Kellogg doesn't deal with medicinal herbs. Jethro Kloss is a later pioneer, and he actually deals with medicinal herbs. If you read the first 20 pages of his book, Jethro Kloss, and by the way, try to get the old original printing. Don't get the republished, revised versions. I think it's before 1969 or 68. Look for that. So his stories, amazing. People were left for dead by the doctors to die within a few days, and he would bring them back to life um, using hydrotherapy, using uh, natural remedies, using medicinal herbs. I mean, it was amazing what you would see through this whole experience. I mean, I was like, you read those stories? I mean, even his wife is paralyzed twice, and he brought her back to full functioning, full function. No, no restraint, nothing at all. 
I mean, this the methods he uses is so amazing. Abundant health, Julius White, and I really like about his work, he deals with the acid alkaline thing, and I think it's very helpful um, to understand. So, here's the last text before we get into the, specifically into the herbs. So, Proverbs 17, verse 22. Proverbs 17, verse 22. And this is very, very, very important. Proverbs 17, verse 22. Notice the Bible says, you know this song, we could probably sing it together, right? <laughs> okay, it says, a merry heart that do it good like what? A medicine, right? But a broken spirit what? Dries the bones. So it dries the bones. So merry heart does good like a medicine, right? So a good attitude goes a long ways. While negative emotion kills, right? So our emotional health will largely determine whether we will get sick or whether we will heal, right? So in other words, merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit, a depressed spirit, bad attitude, right? Dries the bones. And what's in a bone? The bone what? Marrow. And the marrow makes what? Blood, right? And the Bible says that the life is in the what? The blood. So there was your life's going to go down because of um, negative emotion. Now, is that important? Look what Ellen White says in Testimony to the Church, Volume 5, page 443. And this is very important. This is why I went into emotional healing because of this, this quotation. It says here, Sickness of the mind prevails everywhere. Nine-tenths of the diseases or physical diseases from which men suffer have their foundation, what? Here. In other words, 90% of physical sickness out there with cancer or whatever it may be, heart disease, has its foundation because of negative emotions such as depression, anxiety, unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, resentment, guilt, shame, stress, fear, on and on and on. If that's clear, let me hear you say amen. Amen? amen. Now we deliver with cause. Yes, you have the symptoms here. Say you have migraine, right? And yes, you have the root cause here. Yes, caffeine escalated it. 10% of the time is because of just root causes, physical causes. But 90% of the time is because unforgiveness. I never could forgive my mom. That's why I talk about forgiveness, yeah, Friday night. I couldn't forgive my mom for what she did to me. I just, every time I think of her, I just get angry inside. Guess what that anger does to you? It kills your body. Deadly emotions, I call them. Deadly emotions. So if you're talking about really treating cause and effect, yes, you treat the symptoms. Yes, you treat the causes of the physical aspect. But you know what? Let us definitely not treat the spiritual realm of emotional healing. What do you say? Amen? Let's deal with this part. Let's have people experience healing. You know, our homes today are so broken. And our Adventist churches is unbelievable. And so, we need to hear from those also. So with that, I need to get really quick into it. I'm going to skip the, um, because of time, I'm going to skip 
the elimination diet. You can read it. You can do it for yourself. Okay. Um, I'm going to go over how to make medicinal herb tea bags. Okay. So what we do is we buy our own tea bags and we buy it in bulk. And you can buy it from um, mountainroseherbs.com. It's on the handout there. Okay. So you buy it there and you buy the tea bags, non-chlorine and everything. And, and we actually make these tea bags. And actually my daughter makes them. And it's pretty easy. Okay. So here's a sample. What you need to do is you use like a tea bag, right? And my daughter, she takes like a teaspoon, and if it's granulated or is it like ch chopped up finely, right? You take like a heaping teaspoon, and you just put it inside. And if it's like powdered, you take a flattened teaspoon, leveled, because um, powdered actually has more sides to it, right? So when you put it in the hot water, it has more sides, it has to be more potent, so you put less. And you put it inside, and then you take an iron, and you put it down, and then you iron it like this. And that's why one side, and it seals it. And it's, I'm telling you, it's like way, way cheaper. You want to save money. I mean, that's just the way to do it. And you can make your own teas because I can't find teas out there in the store that I'm looking at they're recommending. So I have to make my own and mixtures. I make mixtures too, depending on things. And so that's how we make the tea. So um, cover. So you put it in and you put hot water on top and they say you can steep it, put a, something over to cover it for 20 minutes, at least 20 minutes, not three to five minutes like they recommend in the store because you need time for pull out all the medicinal properties out of it and they need at least 20 minutes. And then if you're dealing with roots, like you're dealing with, you know, um, roots and bark. So you're dealing with leaves and flowers, okay, you do, um, you steep it. You just put hot water and you cover it 20 minutes. But if you're dealing with, okay, yeah, like roots like that, if you're boiling, you have to boil it for half an hour to get the medicinal properties out of roots and bark. So the first one with just the bag, you boil the water first, and then you turn the heat off and steep it for 20 minutes? Yeah, so you boil the water, you stop it, not boiling anymore, right? you take off the stove, and you pour into a cup with a tea bag. So you put the cup in a tea bag, and you pour it over on top. Okay? And that's the first one. The other one is the, is the bark and the roots, and I think you have in there, you have to boil it for 30 minutes while boiling in water for 30 minutes, and that gets the medicinal properties out of it. Okay? And everything I'm getting, giving to you is actually I got from our pioneers. And so they have zero side effects, and the maximum amount of bags to use a day, they recommend three to four a day. Okay? So I've taken more, I've taken five or six, except for certain medicinal herbs, such as red clover, like Ellen White says, you can drink it like water. So that's the general thing that I have on this. Um, I just want to go over, I guess I don't have time to go over things, but I put it down here and it's all in your handout. I can hit a couple things. So, okay, migraine headache. So what I did was I put the symptoms down. Like attack usually begins in the morning, you know, like it's usually on one side of the head, increases rapidly. Your eyes are sensitive to light, right? It doesn't mean that you have all these symptoms, but you have um, at least some of them, most of these symptoms, right? And the causes is weak nerves or nerves exhaustion. In other words, you just depleted your nerves. You know, Ellen White talks about um, King Solomon, right? His, his nerves, he says, were shattered from this lifestyle he lived. So that exists today. It's not that you're crazy. I know they like to diagnose that you're crazy with everything, but weak nerves is actually used to be diagnosed a lot more before, but now it just seems like, well, you know, you just need panic attacks and you know, anxiety attacks, but really it's actually just weak nerves. So anyway, the causes is all these different things, errors in diet, mental strain, worry. And so the treatment that I know is I put temporary treatment and then there's permanent relief. We can't go over everything. So let me talk about this, the herbs part. So as you deal with all these things, this red sage tea, tea 
is for all types of headaches. There's different types of headaches. You've got to realize that. Use different teas for different headaches. But Red says he wanted one type of herb that we're... He said this is the best... Dr. Claus said this is the best medicinal herb for all types of headaches. But it's not the best herb for migraine headaches. I'm sorry I didn't have time to mix it for you. There's four different herbs. And it's actually inside of your handout. So the best one he recommended was you mix it. And I use this on my family. I use it on myself. I had a pounding headache. And within, you know, I massaged my, little, my sister and gave her this, um, this blend of teas. I asked her, what is it? how do you feel the pain level? One to ten. Ten being excruciating. She would say nine. Even my niece did the same thing. She would say nine. And then within like half an hour, they'd be like three, <laughs> two, you know? And then the next day, I said, how is it? How is it? She said, one. Zero. I mean, it's amazing. And just the tea, and there's several things you can actually do here. So actually, the blend of, um, of teas is peppermint, catnip, red sage, and spearmint. So um, those are the different teas that you would use. And um, it's in your handout under medicinal herbs, um, number three, under migraine headaches. Peppermint, catnip, red sage, and spearmint. And it tells you how to mix it together. Okay. You mix it all into one bag. I think this is time, but maybe just one last thought. Something came up to me yesterday and talked about um, low hemoglobin, anemia. And, um, and I'm going to say this, and it's be contradictory to some of what you believe and know, but Claus said it's not uh, because of bad blood. It's because of um, lack of mineral salts. And when I'm talking mineral salts, I'm talking organic mineral salts. Um, the pioneers were against inorganic, meaning getting minerals from actually um, non-living things like stones and all that. And you know, you're taking like multivitamins and all these different things. They're looking at, even though alkalinized water is all non-organic, they're saying that it does stimulate. It doesn't make it seem like you do feel better. It's like drug medication. You do feel better for a long time, but then it stimulates, but it actually it doesn't give life, is the exact words he used. So... You want to focus on getting organic, meaning coming from actually food sources, yeah, like living things, like spinach. So with anemia, um, you want to use spinach, but with spinach, it has oxalic acid. So you have to parboil for 10 minutes. I don't, this is not in your handout, so I hope you remember this. So parboil for 10 minutes, it'll neutralize the oxalic acid, and then eat it, and that's going to help out your um, anemia and increase your, um, your, your hemoglobin. So... Um, and not only that, but there's an herb for it too, and it's not in your handout, so I'm going to say it. It's called dandelion tea. It was high mineral salts. Dandelion tea. So, I don't know, some of you don't have pens, but you can listen to the recording later on. But dandelion tea, my wife has, you know, anemia at times. Um, hemoglobin is low, runs in her family, you know. So she was feeling really sick, just like the other week ago, and she just took the tea, and she felt way better, like her energy just got back and has been good ever since. So that's a quick way. But you want to go back to also eating like, a, and also green, um, dark green leafy vegetables. Yeah. So spinach and those, those two things. And then for the tea, it would actually be dandelion tea. So everything else is in here. I had an elimination diet here. And there's actually a tea to help you lose weight. <laughs> losing the weight section here too. Um, you can read about it. And um, Israel is healthy. And there's also elimination diet and this diet is not so much meant upon you losing weight. It's actually a feeding system where you're taking the toxins out, toxicity, right? And also 
lack of nutrients, so it's actually feeding system, feeding your system nutrients. You combine the two, and then actually we heal you. So with that, uh, I said we're going to work, close with prayer, huh? Father, thank you for your medicinal herbs and your love and your goodness, and we pray that you may help us to learn from you, the master healer, and we surrender our lives to you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.